Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Chiefs draft special, Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. We have a trade. The Titans have traded away A.J. Brown to the Eagles for this 18th pick. They must got a person they want, and they want him bad. Uh, they trade their premier wide receiver, their number one, um, for the pick 18 and also pick 101. I mean, I think the Eagles, they made off pretty good on this pick. Man, I thought the uh, Titans might be looking for quarterback and joining us now. As we talk to uh, fellow 610 employees, Carrington Harrison from the drive. Carrington, this this draft's starting to get insane. It was so pedestrian through 10 picks, and now it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it was super chalky the first 10 picks. I mean, this has clearly been the offseason of wide receiver. It was funny. I was just tweeting this before you guys called me. I think everybody keeps saying, oh, this is all because of Christian Kirk. No, it's not all because of Christian Kirk. I think it's pretty obvious what's happening this offseason you can't significantly improve at the quarterback position. So if you're a team that needs to improve at quarterback, what's the next best option? Well, then we need to get more wide receivers. I mean, look at the teams who have been all in at wide receiver this year. We just saw with Philadelphia, they have the 21st best quarterback in the NFL. It's been Miami. It's been Las Vegas. It's just been teams with middle quarterbacks, the ones that have invested the most at the position. So I think people are falsely saying, oh, it was Christian Kirk. He got $18 million a year. Like, th- that, that isn't what set off this chain of events. Well, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely wild. But uh, are you surprised that some of these wide receivers in the order they went with Drake London, you know, going b- before Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave going before Jamison Williams? No, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that, you know, it was kind of a, a grouping of four and everybody's board is a little bit different. I actually did think that Drake London was going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I mean, I could have argued that Jamison Williams probably could have been the second wide receiver off the board and went 10th, but they chose Garrett Wilson over him. I think a lot of that was due to the injury, but I think that I think London kind of, you kind of got the sense that he was the number one wide receiver on most teams' boards. But two through four, so the Wilson, Olave, and Jamison, I think you can make an argument two through four for either one of those guys. So I'm not really surprised how the board shook out regarding those three. How about this, Carrington? Ian Rappaport, A.J. Brown gets a four-year extension for $100 million, $57 million guaranteed. Now, he had the same agent, right, as D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. I and mean, Debo, too, wasn't it? Debo's agent, too? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's obvious what's happening now. Like, we now see if you want an elite high-end wide receiver in the National Football League, it costs $25 million a year. Like, look at what Devontae Adams just got. Look at what Tyreek Hill just got. Look at what A.J. Brown just got. Debo Samuel's going to get that contract. D.K. Metcalf's going to get that contract. Next offseason, Justin Jefferson's going to get that contract. Like, it's now obvious what a number one wide receiver costs in the National Football League. 
C-Dot, this is your guy Rafiki. I'm coming into you loud and proud from the studio. Don't be giggling. Don't be laughing because you know I'm about to teach you a lesson here. But we oh, know. Oh, Traylon Burks to the Titans, by the way. Burks, Traylon Burks. Every team. Uh, we look at these trades. Every team that needed to trade up, they traded up to get the wide out. They traded up to get the wide out. All those wide outs. And then the one trade by the Eagles to get Jordan Davis. And now the wide out train continues to go. Um I, I am curious about uh, Jahan Dotson um, getting drafted before um, the Arkansas product, but I mean it's, it's a wide receiver, uh, heavy middle of the draft, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, I mean we're clearly seeing that. Kind of the point I was making earlier is if you aren't in the position to spend twenty five million dollars a year at wide receiver, then you need to be in the draft and you need to go find them. Like. It's obvious what Baltimore did. Baltimore knew that it's coming time where you got to make a decision on Hollywood Brown. We're not going to pay Hollywood Brown what the market says that he's worth. So we're out, and we'll just draft a wide receiver, and we think we can get a better wide receiver at a much cheaper price over the next three or four seasons. I mean, this offseason has been defined by, A, Russell Wilson being traded in, the just overall competitiveness of the AFC, and just, there is a clear shift at wide receiver in the National Football League. Carrington, we're getting to that spot, 19-21, to 21, where it looks like the Chiefs, their guys, if there was a guy still there, they would look to move up. And we've heard, you know, talk about the Chiefs moving up. I thought it would be the Cardinals spot, but they've already traded out that spot. Jermaine Johnson remains, and that's the best edge remaining. I thought he was going to be gone before now. Will the Chiefs, because wide receiver is not worth trading up for a guy right now. You might as well sit where they're at. But Jermaine Johnson Sitting there, do you move up, move up and get him? Yeah, I actually think that he's kind of one of those candidates now at this point. Like, let's say he's there in the 20s, that you wouldn't have to give up anything really significant to move from 29 to, let's say, 21 to go up and get him. We say you might not need to go get wide receiver. I mean, you might end up – George Pickens might not be there at 29 or 30. I mean, Christian Watson might not be there at 29 or 30. I mean, we are clearly seeing the run, and we all know that teams start to really panic once this happens. So it's not a guarantee that the Chiefs are going to get their wide receiver at 29 or 30. Obviously, we got to see how, you know, the next 11 picks play itself out, but you got to be aggressive to get what you really want in this draft, and teams really want wide receivers. Mm, good stuff, Carrington. I'll let you get back to the draft. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking the time with Barbara and I. Of course, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. There you go, Carrington Harris, and right there from the drive. And it remains, all right, here, here's the deal with the Chiefs. You know, Brett Veach talked about that. If there's someone that they wanted, they valued as a first-round pick, still there. First-round grade. I'm sure they had a first-round grade in Jermaine Johnson. Definitely, definitely. They, they definitely had a first-round grade on them, but now's the time they could trade up and get that edge they want, keep one of their first-round picks, and flip-flop in the first round or give up a third round or a fourth round or a third and a seventh not give up a ton of draft capital and go down and get the edge you want and still get a receiver you want if that's what they decided to do. And just, just, just recapping, six of the last 11 picks have been wide receivers. And of those wide receivers, that doesn't even include the trade of uh, Hollywood Brown going um, and being able to be traded out there to Arizona. So like we're saying, we're seeing that there's some teams that have rookie quarterbacks on rookie deals that feel like, hey, we can go ahead and pay these wide receivers. Let's go ahead and get a veteran wide receiver. And then in the opposite, we see teams opting out of paying these um, number one wide receivers that are due for a contract extension and going with the younger virgins and going to the draft, uh, trying to get these wide receivers on the rookie deal. So um, two stark different paths um, in the NFL. And whether you want proven quality wide outs or do you want young gunners, 
I think we will see in this upcoming season because these teams are clearly making a stand on what they're willing to pay and what they're willing not to pay these wide receivers. Well, no quarterbacks have been taken yet, Sean. In the last six years, at least three quarterbacks have been taken in the first round. Still a chance. I actually I hope quarterbacks start to fall, to be honest with you, because that means there's going to be more uh, there of what the Kansas City Chiefs need. But very weird we haven't seen that quarterback. And, well, they could bode well for him sitting at 29-30 if someone was – you know, really desperate for one, see what the Chiefs could pick up for either this year or next year for uh, trading back and letting somebody go up there and get that quarterback at the end of the first round. Well, definitely. I think the one that everybody had uh, earmarked on their draft from day one is Malik Willis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, obviously, there's some people, you know, they, they, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors going to uh, thinking he was going to be a single-digit type guy who's going to move up the board because there's, there's always a quarterback-hungry league this is. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously um, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that needs to rebuild that position. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a quarterback that you can feel is the quarterback of the future. So if you have an opportunity for him to fall one more pick um, and get past the Saints, I think he falls into the laps of um, um, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The pick is in for the New Orleans Saints at this point. We'll uh, we'll tell you exactly who they are. The Steelers on the clock right at the Saints, and they need a lot of stuff. They've, they've lost a lot in the last couple of years. Eventually, and I know they just keep the thing rolling, man. Like Mike Tomlin just keeps that baby rolling each and every year. Now he's really got a quarterback issue um, in Pittsburgh because Mitch Trubisky looks like to be the starter this year. It's no longer Big Ben, uh, which could be you know drastically different for that Steelers team that they've never really had to completely rebuild. This might be the year that uh, they they may think about doing that, but the Saints – uh, for the draft this year, and you, you look at the Saints, they've been kind of active in this year's draft. Still, both offensive line, defensive line. Um, they did go up and get Chris Olave in the first round. Uh, let's go to Roger Goodell on NFL Network. members and all those serving our great nation domestically and around the world. With the 19th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints select Trevor Penning. Tackle. Northern Iowa. All right, there you go, offensive line. That's where they go. Trevor Penning, 6'7", 325 pounds. This guy, this guy Julio is pure nasty. Big boy. He will steal your lunch money. We talked about him earlier as a guy that we thought that maybe the Ravens might uh, pinch a few picks earlier, but um, he falls down to the Saints. And, uh, again, I think a, a team that's trying to rebuild their identity, their image. Um, and this is a guy that can uh, he can set a corner. He can – um, he, he'll drag you down. He'll punch you where you know where the sun don't shine. He'll do whatever needs to be done to get it done. He's been doing it that way since high school. And at Northern Iowa, um, if you look at the film, you'll see a bunch of uh, nastiness in his level of play. He loves I, a pancake. I like their draft so far. I like Chris Olave and I like Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning, six foot seven, three hundred twenty pound offensive lineman, Northern Iowa. Penning was a three-year starter for the Panthers on their offensive line. Despite joining the team as a freshman tight end, Penning put on over 100 pounds to his frame during his time in Cedar Falls and ended up starting 33 games in his career. He has the ideal size for an NFL tackle. Penning's strength is a strong point as he squatted 625 pounds, but sometimes got by on his physical skills in college, and he should be an immediate starter week one. It's a lot to squat at six, uh, six foot seven. <laughs> Trevor Penning is a stud. We're already on pick 20 now 
with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is what gets interesting. You think, okay, who are trade partners? I'm watching the Packers, too, because they picked 22 and 28, and they need just what the Chiefs need. They lose Devontae Adams. They lose MVS to the Chiefs. They lose Zadarius Smith on defense. They're sitting at 22 and 28, so you know they're taking somebody the Chiefs could use. I mean, they are. Chances are the Packers will be taking somebody the Chiefs need. Now there's the Steelers, the Patriots, then you got the Packers, then in between the Ravens, can't see them doing business with the Chiefs now that they took the Cardinals pick because I thought the Cardinals might be an option. The Cowboys at 24. Chiefs might be able to do business with them, but if they don't, they're looking at the Bills, the Titans, the Bucks, and the Packers. I see one team left there that could do business with the Chiefs, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. How confident are we are with this Steeler pick? There's going to be Malik Willis, um, and then allowing the 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 Yoda, the, um, the the dark overlord, the New England Patriots, to have Johnson fall into their lap. Top five edge guy goes to the New England Patriots. I mean, come on, man. It's well, like every the- year. Every year things fall, and in, in the dominoes fall, and the Patriots stay. They stay pat. They stay where they are. And just whoever they, you know, they, they're trying to target at the beginning of the draft somehow falls to their lap. Like in the sixth round, Tom Brady won six Super Bowls for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. You think I think quarterback is what they'll do. But are you going Malik Willis or are you going the hometown guy in Kitty Pickett yeah. that played for the yeah, University yeah. of Pittsburgh that they've probably seen a ton? They play at Heinz Field, too. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett here only because he so? played at Pittsburgh U. I think Malik Willis is better, but I'm going to Kenny Pickett because he played at Pittsburgh. Mm. We'll see. Man. I don't know, man. Babe. Pittsburgh's not worried about selling tickets, so it's not one of those yeah. things. And they love Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Me and Mel Kuyper are both saying Malik Willis. I'm going to go with me and Mel Kuyper. Well, and he doesn't have to come in and necessarily start right away, right? I mean, it's probably Trubisky this right? year, which is funny because he's getting more run after sitting behind Josh Allen that he got as a starter. But seriously, <laughs> people look at him as a valuable quarterback now, but he didn't do anything. He got yeah. very popular. He held the for clipboard no for Josh Allen, and he got ran out of Chicago. Yeah, they, they feel like some of the osmosis, uh, some of the learning curve from um, Dable might have just infiltrated his mind and somehow made him a better quarterback uh, with Buffalo than he was at um, the Bears. I'll be honest with you. I, I know the Patriots in the 21. Patriots are a team I could see trading with the Chiefs because Belichick will trade with anybody. You got to be careful with that. Yeah, how because, much you have to give up well, to the, trade with the Patriots. That's the thing with Belichick. Because he's sneaky. He is sneaky. sneaky. Not only that, but you always look at it and say, where are you trading with the Patriots? Because they always end up, it appears, on the better end of trades. Always. So I don't know. I'd be I careful. With that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can if I could go the route of making a trade with. If they the, call, the there's Chiefs, always just yeah, it's suspect, man. If Belichick calls the Chiefs, they're like, "Sir, it's a Wendy's, man." I don't think I. <laughs> I don't think I take that call. You know what I'm saying? I don't. For some, but but for Jermaine and trading up to 21 to get Johnson, I mean, it seems like if you told me before the draft, that's that's as far as we needed to trade up. I would have did it. Not, He's the biggest free fall, isn't he? Yeah, not realizing it was the Patriots we had to trade up with. But if you just told me this. You know, hey man, could you, you know, we could trade up to the early 20s to get uh, the Florida State in. I would have said, let's do it. But now I'm looking at who we got to trade with to get them, and I'm like, uh. Where's has- the Jermaine Johnson camera? Because they, they sure showed Every Randy year, right? Moss a ton when he was sliding through that draft. Like they would show it. Yep. Every, every year. And Favre, they would show it. And they, you know, they'd show it, but there's no Jermaine Johnson cam. Well, there's not a bunch on anybody, really. Yeah, like no. you're not seeing from the homes. A lot of times, is you know these guys at the homes and the draft party. And I'm not saying just because of COVID, they used to do it anyway. I remember Brett Favre sitting there in those jorts, you know, at his family <laughs> yeah. party. You know, they're not showing it. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I remember that one. 
um, hanging oh, he around. Was pissed. Yeah, he, he was he was kind of pissed off. And then obviously the um, who's the quarterback for the Browns that ended up hanging into the second round. They ended up, he thought he was the number one pick, and he ended up being the second round pick. The guy from Notre Dame. Um, oh, Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. Brady Quinn sitting in the green room, pissed off and. Looking all kind of sideways every time another person got drafted. He's become a good broadcaster now, by the way. So I give Brady that. <laughs> I like watching Brady. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. I was at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go to Roger Goodell, NFL Network. Pick is in. Pick is in. To Franco, seen it first. Does Franco approve? <laughs> <laughs> Franco. This season marks the 50th anniversary of one of the most memorable moments in NFL history. During the final seconds of the 1972 AFC Divisional game, Franco Harris... Run away with the card, Franco. ...probable catch known as the Immaculate Reception. He, here with us tonight, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of that moment and to announce the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Please welcome Pro Football Hall of Famer, Franco Harris. I can't wait to hear what this reaction was upon seeing the name here. This is incredible. Okay. Oh my gosh. Hello, Las Vegas. <laughs> this is great. Wow. I love this. I love this. Okay. With the 20th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Can he pick it? Okay. <laughs> Look, at Look at you. I thought maybe Pitts, Pittsburgh guy, man. I don't think he's he's from there, but he played college football there. But uh, told you they love Kenny Pickett. Mm. And the funny thing, remember the combine, he had small hands. And the pro day, his hands grew. <laughs> like, remember they were, they were big. <laughs> How's that happen, man? Oh, man. How do you stretch your hands out? You talk about the most um, the, the most picked over pick of this draft is going to be this one right here. If 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 somehow some way one of those other quarterbacks ends up being even slightly better than Kenny Pickett. This this oh. is going to be the pick that they say revisionary history says, "Hey man, you had the guy. He's in you." Oh, Everybody, yeah. Kuiper told you, McShay told you, and you you choose to go with the hometown kid. Well, he was the ACC player of the year last year. I had uh, his tight end on our uh, draft special last week, Lucas Cruel. It was the tight end for Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, but it's a guy that certainly created a new rule with the slide. You can't fake the slide anymore. Remember, he was going to fake the slide and kept running. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to go ahead and say this is because the general manager, uh, he said this is going to be his last draft. He said he was going <laughs> to yeah, quit. That's scary, man. I think he let a group of guys just get together, and they did like a group think, and everybody turned in the card, and they Kenny Pickett won you know, four picks to three, four yes, votes to three. gap smaller? Absolutely, but if you're asking me... So Kenny Pickett goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett, 6'3", 217 pounds, quarterback, Pittsburgh. First and 10, Pickett throws a little flat pass. Look out, here comes Hammond with speed. He's gone for a touchdown. A four-year starter with good mobility. He throws with quality velocity, but could benefit from some work with placement and accuracy. He can make all the throws, but would benefit from improved pocket presence. His growth from 2020 to 2021 suggests room for further improvement. He led Pitt to the 2021 ACC Championship while breaking Dan Marino's school passing records. Okay, we get a, we, we get a trade we have to get to, Sean. The Chiefs have traded up. 
As I said, the Patriots might Uh-oh. be the team, right? But Uh-oh. what did they give up? The Chiefs are on the clock. They traded the Patriots. They traded the we Patriots know, moved right? back. So the Chiefs are trading up. This is Jermaine Johnson. He called it. This very Barbara well called could it. be. This very well could be Jermaine Johnson. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll let you know what the Chiefs are going to do. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. And welcome back to the uh, Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez producing. The pick is in. Pick number 21. The Chiefs traded up. New England Patriots. We were just talking about uh, how Belichick, made, maybe they got, if they got over on Belichick, that's awesome. What did maybe they, it was Belichick's dog that they traded with that he sat there during COVID. But all right, all right, Barber, what are they doing? Because a lot of the good receivers are gone, but this smells like a Jermaine Johnson type move up. Man, I smell it. Because they thought Ooh. he wouldn't be here. Like, Beach even said that. Remember, he yeah. said, he said if our guys are 19 to 21, that was the, the spot. Sweet spot. 19 yeah. to 21. If one of the guys we value as a first-round pick is still there, that's when we can move up. Jermaine Johnson falls there. If he was off the clock before this, they stay where they're at. And they still have a set, another first-round pick, right? I don't think. I don't know what the parameters on the trade exactly are. Oh, this is exciting. Have you seen it all what they were? This is exciting. I have not, have not. Can you smell it? Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I have it. Patriots trade pick 21. The Chiefs trade pick 29, so they keep 30, 94, and 121. Mm, Love it. Love it. Love it. That works out well. I like this deal for the Chiefs. Love it. I like this deal for the Chiefs. So 94, 94, 121, and pick 29. For the Kansas City Chiefs, so that's a that's a nice spot for the Kansas City Chiefs. They they didn't give up too much to get him, and they're probably going to get their starting defensive end slash edge rusher as we sit right now. I mean, many people thought that we was going to have to trade up until like thirteen or eleven, like eleven to thirteen to get this guy. Well, pick ninety four is in the uh, is let's go to Roger Goodell. Kansas City Chiefs select Trent McDuffie, defensive back, Washington. So they go defensive. Wow. What just happened? Wow. What just happened? They went corner. They traded up for a corner. I never thought they would trade up for a corner. I saw them draft a corner, but they haven't done this. Charvarius Warden's an undrafted guy. Shot fit in sixth rounder. Legereus Snead, fourth rounder. Trading up for a corner. Same school wow. as Marcus Peters. Bob and weave, Bob and weave. I mean, we talked, you know, we talked earlier that when it came to the cornerback position, I thought this guy was the, as far as his skill set, as far as mirability, feet, technique, that he was my number one guy uh, over uh, Stickley Jr. And obviously, I mean, the sauce guy is tall and everything. Yeah, you liked him. I mean, I just thought Edge was the, man, I just thought Edge was the pick right there by the Chiefs, but. Hey, everybody's big boy's a little bit different. They must have had him higher than uh, Johnson. What the and hell's it, wrong with Jermaine Johnson? It must be a medical. It ha- like yeah. it's got to be something that every trainer, you know, it's got to be a medical that that every trainer is something worried about uh, with that young man. And obviously, we just didn't get it uh, the, the the medicals on any of these guys. But uh, for for a guy to fall beyond so many different ball clubs, um, hey, I love the pick, man. You dub. 
they 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 turn out the, these DBs. Well, and that's just shocking because Veach, that, that, this is not a move Veach would typically make. No, we but, know what he does with corner, and it is not drafting. But, but moving that's what, up in the but draft, that's what makes him unpredictable. That's where, like, Kyler Man. Gordon. By the way, a lot of people slotted him to the Chiefs in the first round. At the end of the first round, Kyler Gordon, the other cornerback from Washington. Washington has become cornerback. You, but but uh, Trent McDuffie to the Kansas City Chiefs, pick twenty one. Trent McDuffie, 5'11", 195 pound cornerback, Washington. McDuffie was one of the highest graded corners coming out of high school, and the same can be said as he leaves the college game. Coming from a track background, this 5'11 DB brings elite speed and top flight ball hawking skills. The All-Pac-12 first teamer also has great instincts and needs to put them to use. Despite his size, McDuffie is fully capable of being a starter in week one of the NFL season. So there you go. Trim McDuffie, now a chief. They traded, uh, they traded their 29th pick. In the first round, they still keep number 30. They traded pick 94 overall, which is in the third round, and they traded pick 121, which was the round four pick. So three, four, in flopped first-round picks. So, Sean, on the trade value chart, um, I'll have to look that up and see exactly what they got rid of on the trade value chart. But, uh, yeah, not 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 a bad trade for the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I like it. It's a position of need, and it is also, um, like I said, depending on how you had him ranked. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, really good scouts that had McDuffie as far as the straight technique skill set as healthy, um, the top corner. So to be able to get the top corner at twenty one, um, and when that's a position of need, it uh, fills your you know need chart. And gets a guy who you had as a top you know eighteen, probably a top fifteen guy on your big board. And being able to get him um, at 21, and it costs you just a third and fourth round pick to swap out, and you still got another pick coming up at 30. Um, again, I think it's a win-win situation. When you're in a position of power like the Chiefs are, you kind of let the board fall to you. And then at the last uh, 11th hour, you make a, um, a quick a quick deal to get the guy that you have targeted. Well, let's look at this. All right, so if you go through the trade value chart, right, pick 21 on the Rich Hill uh, chart is they – they needed 261 points, like 261 points to get to 21. Pick 29 is worth 203. Pick 94 is worth 41. Pick 121 is worth 25. So overpaid so that's a little 269. bit. So that's 269. So overpaid eight, eight points, yeah. which is nothing. So that's seemingly a 100% even pick. Let's, let's go back to Roger Goodell, NFL Network for the Packers. Another Georgia guy off that defense. Quay Walker was a guy that you like. I like him too. Off-ball linebacker that could play Mike or that Will position. I think that uh, I actually like Quay Walker. He doesn't get a lot of run for him, but I think he's actually a pretty decent linebacker. I am surprised he went ahead of N'Kobe Dean, though. Yeah, Dean was a guy who I thought was just a ball hawk, man. He, he sees ball, gets ball. He's a playmaker. Um, but like you say, Quay Walker, I think because he's the Mike um, been able to call the defense, get it set. Um, probably a little bit more green as far as height, weight, as far as a normal linebacker. Um, that's the one thing about um, Kobe Dean was he's um, a little bit height deficit, and that, that that makes some NFL teams a lot a lot nervous when you're talking about a, a linebacker position because you do so much banging. Um, but again, I mean, a, a great pick going into the first round. The Georgia 
I mean, like I said, you know, a fourth of the first round is going to all become from UGA. So um, we knew they had a dominant team, um, defensive heavy, defensive led squad, and a lot of those guys are being first round picks in this draft. So Trent McDuffie to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then we see Quay Walker going to the Green Bay Packers at 22. A little bit surprised by the Quay Walker pick. I know they're trying to bulk up that defense, but they really needed edge and wide receiver. Like, that's what they really needed, and that's what I'm a little bit surprised on uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and knowing they needed edge, that's I think this this pretty much solidifies the fact that the medicals on Johnson must be something that's off the boards, and a lot of teams, you know. Not interested. Not, not interested at the, at the price of a first-round pick. And um, obviously, you know, um, the, the guy from uh, Michigan um, and Johnson are probably falling into the same category now. Um, because it's, it's got to be a medical reason with both of those guys. We'll take a time when we come back. The Buffalo Bills have now traded out a pick 23. We'll let you know who they traded with and what they lose next. And welcome back to our Chiefs draft special. Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. The Buffalo Bills have jumped up two spots. They jump up in front of the Cowboys to select Florida cornerback Kyrie Elam. So uh, Buffalo gives up number pick number 130. To move up two spots uh, to get corner help. And the the cornerback runs started a little bit, I guess, with uh, Trent McDuffie, Kyrie Elam off the board. Uh, Stingley went well early. He went number three, but then there was a little bit of drought from people taking corners. Jermaine Johnson still remains on the board. Uh, many considered the third or fourth best pass rusher in this draft. It must have been something Teams didn't like because it's all of them passing on him, even trading up and having a chance to draft Jermaine Johnson. Still not doing it as the Chiefs uh, select Trent McDuffie, cornerback, University of Washington. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, that's the one thing we don't get privy to. We don't get to see the medicals on what the uh, teams feel about these guys as far as um, passing that and and what kind of grade you give them on the medical. So uh, I would believe probably a lot of teams had – similar concerns about something with Johnson and they shared notes and everybody has just agreed that it's not worth it for a first round pick to invest in a guy that's having um, whatever issues he's having. So, uh, but for the Buffalo Bills, I guess, I mean, a savvy move. Kyrie Elam, defensive back, Florida. So Kyrie Elam, that's Roger Goodell. Thanks to NFL Network for that. But Kyrie Elam goes to the Bills as they traded up two spots with the Baltimore Ravens to select corner. So we've had McDuffie and Kyrie Elam go really quick. Let's go to Rob Britton from the drive here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, Rob, we at least have one pick in for the Chiefs before or, uh, before we talk to you. Your initial thoughts on Trent McDuffie. My initial thoughts are this was a little bit surprising to me. Brett has always been a guy who goes late in the draft, you know, under the radar guys, bargain barrel, and that's how they put corner together, and it's been successful under Brett Veach. Look at Jarius Sneed. He's been good. They found success with Bashad Breeland. These are the kind of guys where Brett Veach has found real success at corner. The player himself, I like him, but this is very outside the mold for Brett Veach. Also, Bink, your combine guy, your combine god, you're the one who always tells me the Chiefs love tall, lanky corners with long arms. Trent McDuffie is none of those things. No. Nope. T-Rex arm 510 guy. So I like the player. I like the trade to get up and get him. I like getting a position of need in the draft. 
I'm just surprised the Chiefs went corner in round one. Well, previous regimes like the taller, lanky corners. I like taller corners, too, but I like he, he's a guy that plays with a little bit of an attitude. Trent McDuffie is, but yeah, it's surprising, you know, considering Rashad Fenton's a six round pick, Jerry Sneed, fourth round pick, Charvarius Ward that started for this team was an undrafted uh, free agent. They haven't put a lot of draft capital in corners, but it's certainly a position they needed. Whether it was in the second round or third round, they needed to address corner. There must be something going on with Jermaine Johnson because for him to slip this far when we're talking, maybe move it into the top 10 today when you look at a lot of people talking about Jermaine moving up that far. Must have been, as I'm talking to Barber here, an unknown medical issue with him. I mean, Jermaine Johnson isn't the only edge sliding. A lot of people had George Karloftis as a guy who could be available at 20, 21, 22. He's still available. Really, those top edge guys went fast early in the draft, but that second tier of edge, which a lot of Chiefs fans were hoping would fall to 29 back when Chiefs had picked 29, is all still available. So Jermaine Johnson is the highlight of the crew of people falling, but I would say that entire second second edge grouping has fallen down, which if you're a Chiefs fan, you're sitting around at 30, you're thinking to yourself, if you can get a Karloftis, if you can get a Jermaine Johnson, if you can get a Boye Mafe at uh, 30. You got to be real happy with this draft. But yeah, Jermaine Johnson was mocked to go like 10 as of this morning. And at last check, I stepped out of the room. It was t- pick 24. And he's still available. It's very odd. Yeah, it is odd. I think the Chiefs will stay right where they're at. Um, I mean, do you like the do you like the fact they gave up a third round, the fourth round? Because usually when you do business with Belichick, uh, you kind of regret doing some of the business with Belichick, but this is actually not that bad of a move for the Chiefs. And they got the Jets in a couple picks. Yeah, I, I thought on the draft chart this was about right. I thought yeah, 269 and 261 is what I had. I don't know what you had, but I had it within eight points. Yeah, I had it. I mean, I had it within 10. So, I mean, it's, it's in the same region. And again, it's one of those deals where I thought before the night, if the Chiefs trade up, they were going to be in that 20, 21, 22 range to get what I thought would be an edge rusher. But they got a position of need. I don't mind them jettisoning a third-round pick, jettisoning a fourth-round pick. They have the extra first-round pick. So I have no problem with the trade itself. I'm interested to see what they do at 30. If they trade up again, I might be a little more upset. But as of now, one trade-up, those moves, I'm happy. What do you think? I think it's interesting what the Packers did because they're sitting at 22 and 28. That was one of the teams I was worried about taking somebody that might be on the Chiefs board. They go Quay Walker. He's an off-the-ball linebacker, plays some well, but – that's not the pass rush and or, you know, wide receiver they would need. Well, I think with the Packers, and I assume you and Barbara have talked about it all night, it has been a wild night in the NFL with wide receiver. We saw Hollywood Brown traded, which, by the way, the Ravens fleeced the Cardinals on that deal. We saw A.J. Brown traded. Yeah. We saw six wide receivers come off the board in round one. I think the Packers and the Chiefs are probably both thinking of themselves if the first round is going to feature six, seven, eight wideouts, maybe the value is in day two and day three at the position. May the Packers and Chiefs, which everyone under the sun had mocked to getting a receiver at some point, are looking around and going, you know, wide receivers a little bit overvalued right now, and they can get a good player. Because Quay Walker, you know, we talked about the other day with Mitch Holtis. That Georgia defense is like the 0-1-U. They have pros everywhere. Quay Walker can play. And if you can get him at 22, party on. So that's probably what the Packers are thinking, but you know, a six wide receiver plus two trade first round by pick twenty four was a little bit something no one saw coming. Do they make pick thirty, or do they trade back? And since they lost the third and the fourth, and try to uh, get one of both of those back? 
I think they're going to stand pat. I think they're going to pick at 30. Now, if I was Brett Veach, put on my GM hat for a minute, I would trade back. We heard during his pre-draft press conference, Brett Veach said, there's a hot zone, there's a go zone in between 30 and 60. Now, we've seen him have success in the past. He compared it to last year's draft where they got Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey in that second round. So if I was Brett Veach, if I was the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, I would be taking calls and try to get back into the early second round and get out of the late first business. But how I think it's going to shake out is I think the Chiefs are going to end up picking at 30, mostly because no one seems to want quarterback, and quarterback's what makes things move in the draft. Edge, wide receiver, or safety? Edge. Okay. edge. I, want, I want edge here. I think edge is too big of a need. And historically speaking, I believe you had the stat, and I forget off the top of my head, if you don't get edge early, you don't yeah. usually get productive edge. So edge, edge, yeah. edge. Maybe the same concept that Brett Veach always applied to corner applies to safety. Maybe he can find a diamond in the rough later in the round. And if the season started tomorrow, they could roll out there with their safety because they do have Deion Bush, Juan Thornhill, and Justin Reed. So they're not hurting at the position. They just need another guy. They definitely need a guy opposite Frank Clark. No offense to Mike Dana. No offense to jo- Joshua Kando. Those dudes are not NFL ready to be pass rushers on a Super Bowl hopeful team. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate the time. Thank you. See you, Bank. There you go. Rob Britton right there. Let's go to Roger Goodell, NFL Network. They go offensive line. Oh. Yeah, that was a knee. Didn't know if it would be a tackle. Barely missed it. It's tackle Tyler Smith out of Tulsa mm. that goes to the Dallas Cowboys. This has been a surprise as well. Uh, too many penalties. They say he's a holder. He's not a, he's not a waist bender. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, he is a waist bender. He's not a knee bender. He doesn't move well. Um, he struggled with the talent he was facing against at Tulsa. I can't imagine when the premier ends coming in the NFL. Um, you, I mean, holding is not a technique. That's not a skill. Just holding guys, it, it doesn't happen in the pro level. So um, interesting pick by the Dallas Cowboys there when they had an obvious need at cornerback. Um, okay, but they're happy with the pick, I guess. And the Ravens still going to have a lot of guys that they probably wanted now that they you know traded back. Behind uh, the Dallas Cowboys is the Baltimore Ravens now on the clock as we inch closer to the Chiefs at number 30. Will they stay or will they trade back? It's the Ravens, Titans, Bucks, Green Bay Packers, Patriots, then the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll come back, tell you a little bit more about Trent McDuffie and tell you who the Baltimore Ravens select next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez. Well, Tyler Smith was just picked by the Dallas Cowboys, an offensive tackle at pick 24. The Ravens on the clock. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs traded with the New England Patriots. They moved up to slot 21 to take Trent McDuffie, a cornerback out of Washington. He was the 11th best prospect on Pro Football Focus's Big 250 board. So he did have that going for him there. NFL NFL Network put out a little uh, mignette about uh, who Trent McDuffie is. Let's get into it. He's going to heave it downfield. Throws toward McDuffie. Intercepted. It's picked up by Trent McDuffie. They're going to win the football game. I'm a very versatile player. The big thing for me is I love to compete. I play defense because I'm a smash-mouth football player. And honestly, I'm just going out there to win football games. Trent McDuffie, DB, University of Washington. The McDuffie family. Wow. Uh, Ball of energy. Lots of love. 
tight-knit group. Mom is amazing, the most wonderful person. My dad's a firefighter, and man, the five amigos. Uh, the sibling group, super tight, um, a lot of fun. In 2015, I actually lost my second oldest brother, Tyler, to a heart attack. He was 23. It really shook the family, really shook me. 22 was my older brother's number in high school. When I got to UW, never asked for 22. Uh, walked into the locker room, and it said 22, Trent McDuffie. And I sent it to my family. I was like, wow, um, this just shows you I'm on the right path. I made the right decision. And this is just a little dap up to my guy, T, that he's always watching over me. So there you go, Trent McDuffie, now a Kansas City Chiefs. So let's go back to the podium. Roger Goodell has the Baltimore Ravens selection at 25. Center, Iowa. Now, once upon a time, I was in that personnel. There you go, Tyler Linderbaum. Some people said, hey, he could slip out of the first round, but uh, the best center in the draft, University of Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum, 6'2", about 296 pounds. So the Ravens get center with Tyler Linderbaum, and they probably didn't care when they were making these trade backs because they probably got who they wanted because they got the best center in the draft, and we know how that can make a difference because look, uh, look at how much uh, uh, um, Creed Humphreys meant to the Kansas City Chiefs at center. So a nice pick there by the Baltimore Ravens. I like Linderbaum. Linderbaum has always talked about that guy. I like watching him play, but uh, here's more about Tyler Linderbaum. Offensive lineman, 6'3", 290 pounds, Iowa. Although a foot injury kept him from working out at the NFL Combine, Linderbaum had a great pro day to solidify his status as the best available center in the draft. He's a converted defensive lineman that started 35 consecutive games at center, displaying an aggressive attitude that makes him a great run blocker. He won the Remington Award as the nation's top center and was a unanimous All-American. He has historically short arms, but makes up for that with strong hands. Oh, the short arms. Historically short, huh? I remember when they talked about uh, <laughs> Ryan Liljam and short arms. Remember when the uh, yeah? Colts picked him off the uh, Chiefs uh, practice squad, ended up playing and starting in two different Super Bowls for him. But if you missed it earlier, the Chiefs traded back with the uh, Patriots, or pa- traded up with them, excuse me. They get the pick number 21, and the Patriots got first-round pick, uh, number 29 for the Chiefs, third round, number 94th pick, and fourth round, uh, the 121st pick for trading back to, or trading up, excuse me, to get Trent McDuffie, cornerback, University of Washington. And, you know, I, I know it's him talking and stuff, and but people have said this about his draft profile, that uh, very physical football player that's willing to mix it up with you, but uh, that kind of uh, tough skills or something. I like Julio. Whenever I hear toughness with these guys, and not like he's passive or that's why you're first rounder because you're you're quote tough. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect fit for a team like that, right? They kind of fits right into the into what they're trying to do. But you know, for the Chiefs, good for them. They got that last year in the second round, though, right? So, I mean, they did get the best center in the draft, but and they have had a good draft. I must say, Baltimore is probably my favorite draft. So far, we got, we got a trade on the board. We got a trade. The Jets traded to take the 26 pick from Tennessee Titans. I think they got a third, a fifth, and another pick. Third and a fifth, and another pick because the Titans were on the clock, and now the Jets came up and got the pick. And Jets have a couple at the beginning of the second round. I'm curious if they got, would you say, which numbers? 
Oh, uh, it went too fast. Because they had 35 and 38 in the second round, so they had some prime second round picks. Wonder if they gave up one of those to the Tennessee Titans. Dude, I like what the Jets have done in this draft. Yeah. yeah. Ahmad, Sauce Gardner, Gary Wilson. Now they trade back into the I mean three picks in the first round. Joe Douglas is willing. In case you don't know, Joe Douglas is a guy who I played with at the Richmond Spiders. He was my Oh, did you? He was on the O-line, um, played with him for four seasons. Awesome, brilliant football mind. Uh, had time with the Ravens, had time with the Eagles. Um, got his gig, you know, to be the general manager at the Jets and has been putting pieces in place for that New York Jets team um, for two years now and hired Robert Sala to be the head coach, and I think he's excited about all these picks he's making. Yeah, you like Baltimore with Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Then uh, Kyle Hamilton, the outstanding safety from Notre Dame, was their picks. I like the Giants as well. Evan Neal, the left tackle at number seven, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, with the Giants, so I think this, I think a couple of these teams have had some really solid yeah. drafts at this point. Let me see if I can call Joe Douglas and ask him who he got. Give you the and the Lions, Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. So I mean, I'm going with Dom, Devontae Wyatt. I, I think Joe Douglas and me see things through the same eyes. I think that that guy's a dominant player for again another Georgia Bulldog. Uh, but I think that's the kind of guy you you, you trade up for at uh, the back end of the first round. All right, we need to take a timeout. We come back. We're getting closer and closer to the Chiefs pick as we sit here at pick 26, New York Jets. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.